So Super Bowl Sunday wasn't very super in one Florida neighborhood. Oh, really? And I'm not talking about our household. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll also show you how one Florida man's fingertips nearly sent a city into a natural disaster. Ooh, let your Ooh. fingers do the walking. Yeah. And then we'll talk about a Florida man who either has a really terrible tattoo uh-huh. or an incredibly unfortunate birthmark. Oh, all that and more coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Freak Show. Hurry, hurry, hurry! Ladies and gents, boys and girls, step right up for the Florida Freak Show! Welcome back to the Florida Freak Show. I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. And if you've ever read a Florida news story online or seen a Sunshine State newscast, you know that Florida's greatest export are weird stories about the people who live and play here. And we have a few of those to share, don't we, Kirsten? As always, ripped from, ripped from the, the headlines. headlines. And our first one comes to us from the Florida News Times. Oh, so, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. What do you need to enjoy the game? Uh, chips, wings, beer. All of those things ch- are very good. And queso blanco. Oh, queso blanco. Yes. Delicious. Salsa. Yeah. Uh, one other thing you need is electricity. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's something that was in short supply in one Fort Lauderdale neighborhood on Super Bowl Sunday. Because about 40 minutes before kickoff, the neighborhood suddenly lost power. Uh-oh. Crews from Florida Power and Light scrambled to get the power running to the neighborhood while residents from more than 100 homes scrambled to find another way to watch the game. Uh, yeah. And one man was scrambling to make a getaway. Uh-oh. What Cell phone here? video shows a man taking an excavator for a joyride in the neighborhood, oh. knocking the machine into some power lines, and then making his getaway <laughs> on a bicycle. Now, fortunately for the neighborhood, the power was back on in time for the second half. Oh, that's good to know. But losing power before the big game, or a big game, that's a worse nightmare. Almost as bad as losing your Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. And if you lose both, how do you even survive? I don't even know. (laughs) Like, what were times like before we had power and Wi-Fi? I don't know. I'm just saying that perhaps our household would have been a little less tumultuous on Super Bowl Sunday if we'd lost power. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) It was was a rough day, uh, and we didn't lose power. (laughs) No, No. No, it wasn't. So, you're a guy. Yes. What is it with construction equipment? You know, I don't know. I, I I wonder if it has anything to do, like, when we were little, we usually gravitate towards, like, Tonka trucks and and big, uh, okay. like... Uh, I didn't have these things. Yeah, like, just big pieces of construction equipment is usually where everything goes Bob the Builder. I, I didn't grow up on Bob the Builder, but that seems to be Oh, Thomas popular. the Tank Engine, yeah. the little train guy? There you go. Just a construction hat. Everybody wants a construction hat when they're older. I mean, I guess it makes sense because literally everything that I know about construction equipment yeah. comes from reading Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. Or Mike, Mike Mulligan. Mulligan. Mike Mulligan Mike and Mulligan. his steam shovel. Mike Milligan, character from the TV show Fargo. That's what I was thinking Mike first. Mulligan, yeah, Mike the guy Mulligan. with the steam shovel ah. in the beloved children's book. Oh, yes. Yeah. Are, are you? You're acting like I you're don't really, acting like you well, know what this book is. You but said I'm Milligan, and I was face. like, I do know that the Mike Mulligan thing. All I think of is golf. So 
I I feel like you were not around children's books at all. Like, did you have books? Because I did. every children's book I've ever mentioned to you, like the Velveteen Rabbit, yeah. you were like the what the what? I I I gravitated more towards the little golden books. I think I liked like shorter reads. So Mike Mulligan more. and his steam shovel were pretty close to like a little golden book. Oh. They, so it came out in like a long time ago, maybe yeah. the 30s or so. Okay. So Mike is a steam shovel operator yeah. yep. and he's got a steam shovel named um Marianne. Marianne, okay. She's very feminine apparently. Oh, that's nice. Um and the whole plot of the story, spoiler alert, Uh-oh. is that like all of these electric and gas-powered steam shovels mm-hmm. and construction equipment are now yeah. taking everything over and poor oh. Marianne feels obsolete and, sure. and Mike along with her. Yeah. So he he finds this town that needs like a I don't know, a library or a school or a city hall or oh. something and and bets them that that he can he and Marianne can shovel out their basement like in a matter of a day because they're just as good as these new fangled He puts his money where a shovel snappers. is. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So they work all day and yeah. Marianne shoveling and shoveling and shoveling and um they finish, but they forgot to build the ramp for her to get out oh, of the basement. What? Oh, that's awful. So She's stuck in the basement? She's stuck in the basement. And it's supposed to be like this great happy compromise. Uh-huh. She becomes the boiler for City Hall, and he becomes the janitor. Oh. Yahoo! Isn't that a happy ending? Well, it doesn't sound like what they really want it to be. No, I don't think it's a happy ending. I guess in the 30s, like a job a job yeah. and if you and if, you've still found purpose even though yeah but, I think it's sad it so, is kind of sad sorry for the spoiler everyone who didn't read this when they were oh, eight yeah well it's safe to say that the guy here in the story is public enemy number one with everybody that wanted to watch the Super Bowl. Oh, right? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't I'm, know if they've caught him or not, but dang. I know I wanted to watch the Super Bowl, and I would all be all for Joy riding that excavator right into his house. Oh. <laughs> or maybe right into his uh, solar plexus or right into him himself, because... I'd be upset about that. You know, I feel like 2021 is already the year of the stolen excavator. Yeah. And it's only February. It's <laughs> mid-February. but We're on not sh- even that far in, folks. No, on January 2nd, there was a guy in Jacksonville yeah. who swiped an ex- excavator. That is not an easy word to say. Yeah, I always want to say escalator. Definitely not an <laughs> not escalator. Not even close to the same. Rosie could, or, or Marianne could have used an escalator. Yeah. To get out of that. She really See, could've. it all comes full circle. Yeah. No, but there was a guy in Jacksonville who stole an excavator yeah. from a construction site and then drove it through the maternity entrance of the hospital. I remember that story. Street. Do we think that maybe this is a copycat crime? Oh. I don't know. Like perhaps. Just like, hey, excavators seem to be a fun thing to steal. Well, the guy in Jacksonville is actually representing himself in his court case. Oh, always a good idea. <laughs> nice job. Good call. Definitely turn down that free lawyer you get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Only a fool would have himself for a client. That's Wait, true. Wait, or an attorney. Whichever. It doesn't matter. You right. get the picture. Yeah. Yeah, he says that his case is a political case. Oh, well. 
I, I don't know why, yeah. but that he's special and different from all the other criminal cases. Right. Well, getting back to this guy, you got to love that he uses a bike for his getaway. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much that pretty much never works. It only works in like BMX bike movies where you can actually get away on a bike. Oh, and better off dead. The kid chasing him wanting his $2. That's right. That always works there, too. So maybe he's just seen a lot of those movies. Well, I'm thinking the bicycle probably moves a whole lot faster than the excavator. Trying to make a it's getaway true. on an excavator yeah. is like trying to do it on, on tortoise back. Yeah, yeah, that's probably you got probably got a good point there. At least you can get up to a good level of yeah, speed. yeah, and a little more maneuverability yep. too. So you know, <laughs> maybe every nook and cranny. Maybe he's on to something. Yeah. So our next story comes to us from ClickOrlando.com. Oh. A hacker set his or her sights on Oldsmar, Florida, last week and tried to taint the city's water supply with a caustic chemical. Oh! The hacker breached the city of Oldsmar's water treatment plant using the plant's remote access system and increased the amount of sodium hydroxide by a hundredfold. Ouch. Uh, for those of you that weren't chemistry majors in high school Not me. Uh, or college, sodium hydroxide is better known as lye mm. and is found in drain cleaners, soaps, and a whole lot of cleaning supplies. And in high doses, it can cause irritation and burning. Yikes. Now, a tiny bit of the water supply is actually a good thing to treat acidity, but you don't want too much of it. And the hacker bumped it up to dangerous levels. Wow. Uh, fortunately, an eagle-eyed supervisor spotted the system being tampered with and was able to reverse the settings. They say the public was never in danger, and since then, city officials have disabled the remote access system and added other safeguards. Wow. By the way, to date, investigators do not know the source of the attack. Well, at least we can give this water supervisor a gold medal oh, or yeah. something, or some kind of gold thing. I mean, these guys usually have what has to be a very boring job. Maybe not to them, but on the surface seems like a fairly boring job. And it would be so easy to miss a snafu like this. Maybe we could get them a golden pocket protector. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I've spent some time in water plants because I used to work for a right. city. And it, it seems like a whole lot of sitting and staring at a bunch of screens. Yeah. And looking to make sure that like no lights start flashing or you know alarm bells start right. going off it's an, an impressive it's an impressive place but yeah a lot of numbers a lot of mind lot numbing of, potentially yes. works so apparently the supervisor who saw it happen actually saw the cursor move across the screen wow that's freaky and click on a number and start changing it yeah that's nothing that you want to see you don't want to see your computer just all of a sudden like lose your control. Right. Like yeah. somebody has remote access yeah, to it. That's not yeah, that's Yeah, exactly. But yeah. isn't this kind of like the perfect evil genius movie plot? It really is. Or it's right up there with it. I mean, I've, I've there's a lot of movies that I can think of. Well, there's some movies that I can think of. Batman Begins kind of oh. has like a very, like a plot near the end about. Uh, which about which one is Batman Begins? That's the very first one by. Christopher Nolan. Okay, so that's not the one with George Clooney in the nipple suit. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. No, this one was uh, one that talks about the origin story, but then there's a part where they talk about, like, you know, sort of putting chemicals into the water supply oh. for mind control. Okay. And, and also uh, evaporating the water supply, too. To... Now, that's something you do hear more of, like controlling right. the water supply. Right. Um, I think there was a Bond movie where somebody Mad was Max doing Fury that. Mad Max Fury Road is all about Mad that. Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. um, controlling the air supply, yeah. not the 
80s Australian soft I'm all rock out of band. love. <laughs> and, but like in a, a Total Recall. Yes. Controlling the air supply to the dome where all the mutants live. Right. It's, How dare you? What are the elements that humans need to survive and gain control of that? Yeah. But but yeah, I, so I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, this has got to be like one of those movie plots that's been done a million times. Right? Like like the bad guy with the mustache rides into town on his black horse and yeah. poisons the well, poisons yeah. the town well. I really couldn't think of many plots. I know General Hospital had a plot like this. Well, of course they did. I, I would have put my money on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. It seems very Stefano Demira. Hey, you need lots of water when you're in the hospital. Our, our three listeners. Listeners who actually watch Days of Our Lives are very excited by the Stefano Demiro right? reference yeah, right that's now. A, I'm pretty that's sure a, that's a so, huge that's a huge reference. So I know I know that General Hospital did it. Yeah, and the only other one that I could think of was the movie Three the Hard Way. Oh, I've never seen that movie. Are you familiar with it at all? No. Oh, it's awesome. It's this like um, 70s black exploitation film. Oh, how have I not seen this? And the plot of it is these like neo-Nazis. Of course. Try to taint the entire U.S. water supply with yep. some sort of substance that's only bad for black people. No. So they're going to like kill off all of the black people in America. Yeah. But... Jim Brown, yes, Jim Kelly, and Fred Williamson oh, are all yeah. like black belt ninja martial arts course. ass kickers. Yeah. And spoiler alert again, <laughs> they foil the plot. Well, of course they do. And that's a much better movie. That's a movie that I would really want to see. I've got to put that on my list now. But I certainly don't need any like pencil face, sorry, pimple faced. Uh, Matthew Broderick's like you know <laughs> starting World War Three with just their computer and their modem because they want to play a game. Would with the you computer. like to play a game? Yeah, and I love war, war games. I I I thought it was a great movie when I was a kid. But yeah, it's just it just goes to show you there's just so many plots about this sort of thing. So we're all working, or at least we all had a taste of mm-hmm. working remotely. Yeah, I mean, is this just kind of? Is this the type of story we should be getting used to hearing more of? I'm afraid that it might be. Like, just in terms of, like, there's just so many things that we just really don't need remote access to. Like, things that that pertain to water supply or air supply or any any of those things (laughs) that are important. Power grids. I don't know if I want remote access to those. Yeah, I mean when I worked for a state agency, yeah. I couldn't even get remote access to like just the records for, you know, people's not even their health records, yeah. but just like client files. Yeah. I couldn't even access that remotely. Right. And yet apparently Anybody with the password can log into the city's water supply. A little creepy, right? Yeah, that's no good. Oh, I just thought of another movie. What's that? Doctor Strangelove. Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't taint the water supply in the movie, but like, you know why the communists only drink vodka and not water, right? Yeah, they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, because... Because of the fluoride. That's right. The fluoride Keep is a the communist fluoride plot. Away from you. You're right. Yes, to take over Americans' brains. That's how they get you, and that's how they got the general. I will say though. Yeah. I have beautiful teeth. Oh yeah. Right. And I mean, yeah, if a little, little communism, little, fluoride little communism hurt you. here and yeah. there, you know, whatever. Little fluoride doesn't nice hurt you. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, our third story comes to us from WSVN.com. Ah. 
and it was just another night in Pasco County. Oh, okay. Last week, 911 dispatchers received a call identified as 22-year-old Matthew Letham, who called the emergency line because he wanted a ride home. Of course he did. When the operator gave him the sheriff's department's non-emergency number and then offered to call him a taxi, he cursed at the operator and said, never mind, I'll walk home. Well, not long after he called 911 again to ask for a ride, and this time the sheriff's deputies met up with him and arrested him for misuse of the 911 emergency Uh, system. But... All of this isn't really the strange part of the story. Oh. Like I said, just another night, right? Right. Yeah, it's just another night until you see Latham's mug shot. Oh, You see, the 22-year-old has an unusual tattoo. He has a tattoo of the state of Florida Uh smack dab in the middle of his forehead, right between the eyes. As you do. Right? So this is not the first 911 story we've ever had on the freak show. That's for no, sure. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I want, I'm thinking to myself, like, why do these idiots always call 911? Yeah, uh, we've had a story. We had a fella in Punta Gorda yeah. who called 911 because he wanted police to bring him his ice cream. Yeah, like, like get it from his fridge. Come, he couldn't even get up off of his duff and go walk over. Yeah, come to, to my fridge. house. Come to my house yeah. and get my ice cream out of my fridge yeah. for me. Get him the ride home. It's always about the ride home. It's like apparently nobody's ever heard of Uber. Nobody's heard of a taxi. Like the bartender will call a taxi for you. <laughs> you don't have to call nine one one to make it happen. But if you spent all of your money on terrible tattoos, ah. where are you going to get the money for the Uber? It's true. But I'm just thinking maybe instead of a, a you know a big a tattoo State of, of Florida, Florida, yeah, maybe go with a tattoo of of a number of somebody that you, that cares. There yeah. you go. And then it's like, hey, call this number. This is a person who might actually pick me up. Or, and, you know, I, I can't read it in a in a mirror because it's backwards. It doesn't make any sense to me. So did you watch a lot of, like, mystery cop shows when you were a kid? Yeah, I'd watch a fair share. So T.J. Like, Hooker, that's on the, oh, on the list, go. right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so like these 70s, 80s cop shows, your yeah. Columbo's, your Rockford Files, yeah. those sorts of things. Oh, yeah. What is it that they always ask? When, um, like, you get held at gunpoint or you get right. robbed or whatever. What do they always ask you? They're always asking you, like, uh, hey, have you seen any... Do they have, like, any distinguishing characteristics? Right. Distinguishing features. Yeah. So, as a kid... Yeah. I was really, really concerned. Yeah. Much like I was concerned about... Always looking for something that sticks out. Right. I, much like I was always concerned about quicksand, uh-huh. because it seemed to come up in a lot of stuff I watched. I was. There are so many instances of quicksand in our lives. Right? Yeah. I was also very concerned that I would get <laughs> held at gunpoint, and that wasn't the scary part. Yeah. The scary part would be getting questioned by the police and yeah. me not remembering any distinguishing features. Right. I mean, I have some facial recognition problems. You know, okay. I don't even know who you are. But... Um, <laughs> I have a very symmetrical face. <laughs> but, you know, I... I wouldn't be able to say like, oh, yeah, he had a scar over his left eye or he had a mole on his right cheek or a tattoo that said mom. Excuse me, sir. Could you actually point the gun at me because you have this massive scar over your face and I'll remember that. Yeah, I'll remember you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I would remember a dude with a tattoo of the state of Florida, though. I know. I feel like that's a pretty distinguishing feature. And it's right between his eyes. Like, that's exactly where you're going to be looking. Yeah, you're making the eye contact there. Hey, my my tattoo's up here, buddy. Keep (laughs) keep your eyes up here. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're heading into a life of crime, this is one of those distinguishing features that you probably should, you know, avoid yeah. having. Right. You don't want this at all. That You definitely don't. And I have to say that when they say that dispatch operators have heard it all, they ain't lying. Oh, no With kidding. With all of these stories, I, I mean, they are worth, you know, whatever they get paid. You know, double it, they, they triple def- it. They definitely deserve it to have to put up with all these. I love, Give I love those that. Folks I love raise. that in the story. It's like he doesn't even freak out when the guy calls him in the first place. He's like, "Hey, you can call this number. I will call you a ride home." No, I don't want it. Yeah, these people, the, these Florida, these people. Florida freaks using nine one one all the time. It Crazy. is nice though that Florida man has finally found a way to distinguish himself from the crowd. So if you were to yeah. stumble across this fella in say Minnesota, yeah, you still know to expect a little bit of something hey. different there, a little bit of flavor there, right. right? You're definitely from Florida. I probably heard of you. So I read an article about um, prison tattoos in ah, Florida. Okay. What do you think is the most common prison tat? And when I say prison tat, I don't mean like self-done in your cell, but like just tattoo sure. that prisoner, prison inmates have. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the cliche answer of the tear. Oh, yeah, the I've single always tear heard the tear. It's, it means the that symbolism. you somebody or, or it maybe it means something about a crime that you've committed. Well, you'll be very pleased to hear yeah. that it is not the teardrop. Oh, okay. It is actually their mamas would be proud ah. because the most common, um, the most common tattoo on inmates in the state of Florida is a cross. Oh, okay. Like they, yeah. Like either either they a they, crucifix, cross, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Like Jesus was already with them before, and now he's even with them. You know. Sure. Yeah, or maybe they found Jesus while they were. Perhaps so. Yeah. Um, skulls also a big one. There you go. Uh, stars, yeah. money, um, hearts, roses, things like that. Yeah. All very common. An eclectic mix. You know what wasn't mentioned in the article? What's that? A tattoo of the state of Florida, smack dab in the middle of your forehead. Yeah. So he's really going to stand out. He is. He's going to stand out in a crowd. Yeah. He might actually end up, you know, making some people jealous. It's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> maybe not like right in the middle of my forehead, maybe on my arm or maybe on, you know, my back or something like You're that. You're going to rush but, out right after this podcast, aren't you? Hey, I'm just telling you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very uh, proud Floridian, so I may and, have to get it somewhere. Probably and you're not a, in the middle of my head. You're a clean slate. You have no ink. No, no so ink. No ink. I've been plenty looking. Plenty of room. I've been looking for some inspiration, and and he might have given it to me. Just not going with the forehead. Yeah. Not right now. Yeah. Maybe sometime later. So our last story comes to us from news4jacks.com, and something doesn't quite pass the smell test in Jacksonville. Now there's a class action lawsuit against the perpetrator of an awful stench that's lasted for three years in one neighborhood. Three years? The culprit is apparently a perfume factory, Ugh. International Flavors and Fragrances. Ugh. Doesn't it sound hoity toity Oh, it really does. Neighbors say that the stink is like pine sol, only much, much stronger. <laughs> and when it creeps into your home, sometimes in the middle of the night, it is impossible to ignore. Ugh. The smell is so bad that between October 1st and January 13th, 768 Odor complaints were reported to the county. (laughs) Neighbors say that the smell makes them nauseous, short of breath, and even dizzy. Yikes. The new class action lawsuit is making its way through the courts. 
But international flavors and fragrances says the smell isn't coming from them Uh and that they're in full compliance with environmental regulations. Well, if you say so, I guess we have to believe you, right? Right. But now we know where they make Sex Panther. Oh. You know, the cologne, the famous cologne from Anchorman. Yeah, Ron Burgundy's cologne. makes you, like, basically gag reflex. I mean, I mean, they did say in the in the story that it makes you dizzy and short of breath, but couldn't that just mean that it makes your head spin oh. and it leaves you breathless? Oh. Let's let's be honest; it's really all about the marketing. That's here. Not, that's a good spin that you're putting on that. I'm, I'm doing my best. That's that's nice. They need to hire you. <laughs> Maybe so. International flavors and fragrances. If you need a marketing coordinator, you can always find something. I've got your guy. Hey, what do you know? Um, part of the perfume company's defense actually is. That they, I wouldn't say they countersued, but they said, we want to see the inspection training certificates of all of the inspectors who have come out and said that it's us. Yeah, that's probably the first thing I would have thought of, too. I mean, it's a better defense than he who smelt it dealt it, I guess. (laughs) And a much better response than he who denied it supplied it. Oh, yeah. Just check the inspection certificates instead. (laughs) Yes. So um, when I was in high school, a guy who shall remain nameless, Mm. a popular fella who had a locker near mine, kept a bottle of polo cologne. Remember Ralph Lauren polo? Kept a bottle of that in his locker and would spritz himself between classes. Mm. Now, was he one of those guys that would spritz it and then he would walk into it? Or or would he just spritz it directly? I I never really saw it happen. I just Uh, smelled it happen. His locker was a few down from mine. And, you know, I I was not in the same uh, popular crowd as him. So I'm pretty sure if I had made direct eye contact, I might have disintegrated or something. What does he think is going on between these classes that it's like, oh, the, the smell is like no longer there. Yeah, it's because you're spritzing yourself constantly throughout the day. Listen, guys in their 20s now do the same thing with Axe body spray, right? Oh, that's true, yeah. So one day, this fella's uh, polo cologne bottle fell on the floor and burst into a million pieces. Ouch. And our hallway, where our lockers Mm. were, smelled like polo for a full two months. Ugh. It was, and it was pungent. Obviously, yeah. it faded. Yeah. But the first couple of weeks, it was. Whoo, yeah, you could you know, barely like get get through. Like just you almost had to hold your nose mm. just to go to your locker. It was insane, and I yeah. never disliked the smell of polo before that. Right. But I think if I were to smell it right now, I'd probably throw up a little in my Ooh, mouth. Yeah. Or get dizzy and short of breath. Well, it could be worse. It could have been like Stetson or, you know, some really awful smell. I I don't even know. Um Brute. Brute. Brute seemed like High karate. Wasn't I, that wasn't that like a sixties so cologne? I, yeah, I've never even I've never smelled high karate before. I remember the very first cologne that I ever got was Brute though. Oh. And it was pretty like I, I thought it was pretty great at the time and I learned pretty quickly. Not so good. And then I think I moved up to Stetson, eventually got to Dracar Noir. Pretty much anything you could buy at the Kirksville Walmart. That's right. Something that was cheap, you know. Um, I think the first perfume I ever had was Love's Baby Soft, which if, if you're a girl who grew up in the 70s, it is the first perfume you ever got. Oh. I mean, it, it just is. It was probably like three good bottles and it smelled like... 
I don't know, baby powder and yeah. vomit. I'm yeah. not sure. It was pretty awful. But at the time, of course, I thought I smelled like an adult lady. Mm. I smelled I, very mature. I know. I, I noticed that too. Like I, there was a part of me that wondered if I put this on, will I grow a chest hair? <laughs> Just one. Is that is that is that what you need to like cultivate that? Maybe. Now, you know, some people like weird smells though like smell is uh, scent and odor is very subjective yeah right like there are people who love the smell of gasoline Mm. like the smell of skunks nail polish right burnt popcorn i had a co-worker who loved her popcorn burnt and the whole building would just reek afterwards i almost think that burnt popcorn smells not only like burn but it also smells like it's wet or something like that yeah it smells smells awful awful absolutely i don't have any weird smells that i know of but do you have any weird smells that you're kind of into or i mean it wouldn't be weird to you well that's it that people are like "Eh, i don't know if i'm like really into that sort of thing i don't think that i do Uh But like I love I love citrusy smells. Oh, me too. And yeah. one of my favorite perfumes I just saw on a list of like worst smelling perfumes. What? Which was Clinique Happy, which ah. I think has like a fresh, clean, perf- like citrusy yeah. scent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was described as rotting orange peels in yeah. the article that I was reading. So Ooh. clearly, it's all very subjective. Yeah, my favorite one that like the last cologne that I ever probably bought was like the Pleasures for Men. I really uh, like yes. that one quite a bit. Yeah, that and was it, fine. It has a very citrusy and floral smell, so I didn't know exactly what you mean, but I'm sure there's some people out there that can't stand it. Maybe that's why we're so good together, because we Probably. both like citrusy smells. We're very compatible. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, something that smells like pine salt, which is a pretty pungent smell. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather be smelling that than like, I don't know, burnt toast and thinking that I had a brain tumor. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, at least with pine salt, you know it's a stink that's coming from somewhere else. That's true. <laughs> it's that's not so just true. your imagination. Yeah. So what did we learn this week, Corey? Well, I learned that while Super Bowls happen once a year, watching idiots take a joyride and ruin our Sundays, we get to do that every week here in Florida. It pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, I learned that Florida might just be breeding the next great Bond villain plot. Oh, yes, Mr. Bond. Oh. Hello. Yes. I also learned that 911 isn't just for emergencies. It's basically the freak show hotline. It, it pretty much is. And I learned that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't anywhere even close to being the stinkiest thing in Duval County. Oh, yeah. Duval. (laughs) (laughs) Those were our freakiest Florida finds for the week. And as always, you can find plenty of other wacky news stories from across the Sunshine State on our Facebook and Twitter pages. That's right. That's at FLA Freak Show. And while you're there, remember to follow us, like us, and share us at FLA Freak Show. And if you see a Florida story we missed... Share with us. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, and then do it all over again on all the platforms you hate, too. Yes, all the all those platforms. Until next week, I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. Till we meet again, remember to let your Florida freak flag fly. Goodbye. <laughs>